Well, my friends, Merry Christmas. It's good to see you here. It's good to see you here, especially on Christmas Day. How radical a tradition to come actually on Christmas. So I thank you for being here. I didn't know how lonely it might be here today, but this has been a year like no other. A year like no other, 2020, we're perhaps hoping it is behind us. Well, it will be in a few days. This year has been filled, of course, with so many emotions. And I've been struggling, really, with what the Lord has asked me to say to you this morning. What is the Christmas 2020 message? You know, I'll be honest, I think I'm not alone here. I've been down in the dumps lately. Who isn't? This has been a hard time these many, many months. You know, I've been down at the dumps, and then Wednesday, of course, I have a funeral, not the thing you want to be doing a couple of days before Christmas. Yesterday, in the pouring down rain, I had to uh, uh, bury this wonderful woman. We had four hours of confessions on Wednesday. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying these are busy times for all of us. And like everyone, I just was dealing with a lot, a lot going on here in this head, <laughs> a lot going on, and I was just crying out in my quiet prayer, seriously, Lord, this is too much. This is just too much. Have we not all said this prayer throughout this year? And then after burying this woman, I got back to my office, and I was ready now to sit down and sweat out my homily like I do every every day. And uh, well, I, I had walked into my office, and something beautiful had happened while I was away. These wonderful women of our parish had decorated my Christmas tree. You know, I had thrown it up the night before. I just had no idea what, when I would have time to decorate it. Mom would be very upset if I didn't. And so, uh, well, I just sat there. I just uh, took out a big sigh, you know, and I took out my little nativity figurines. I placed them at the foot of this now little but beautiful Christmas tree, and suddenly everything seemed right in the world. All this anxiety, all this frustration simply seemed to melt away. Amazing, really. This is what Christ did 2,000 years ago, and every day he offers us this same grace to melt away our anxiety and all our troubles. You know, there's some, there is something about Christmas that just makes everything right again. You know, I'd been so focused on so many things I had to do. And the many troubles of our world, of course, our country, and even our church, certainly the own troubles that I struggle with, that we all struggle with, that I had taken my heart and my mind off the promised peace. I had taken my heart and my mind off the accompanying joy that comes with this promise. Christmas is, after all, all about joy, this fruit of the Holy Spirit. I mean, sure, we love to see especially the joy, perhaps, in the kids. We love to get together as family, and please God, we will today. But it's especially about the joy of the Christ child, the joy that this Christ child brings us. And in this first reading in Isaiah, well, he has a very interesting way of describing this joy. Isaiah says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings glad tidings, announcing peace, bearing good news, 
announcing salvation and saying to Zion, your God is king. The feet, these bunion-filled, these callus-covered, these toe-jammed, nail-fungused feet are beautiful. They're beautiful when they carry a person that has the love and mercy of God in their hearts and on their lips. Such a beautiful sort of image. They bring good news. My friends, my ugly old nasty feet and your nasty feet too uh, brought us here to this place because we are in love with the God of mercy. We have encountered love itself. God did become flesh and dwell among us. He entered into his creation. He entered into, as I love to say, into my hot mess and yours as well. He entered into all of our troubles, all of our doubts and fears. He entered into our pain and suffering so you and I could even dwell even with all that stuff, still have peace and joy. My friends, these are difficult times, and many are naturally afraid. Yet God came in the flesh so we would have a place to put our fear, our natural fear. Or rather, we'd have a person to give it to, and we'd have a supernatural grace to alleviate this natural fear. Which brings me to Charlie Brown's Christmas. I love to talk about this uh, wonderful cartoon. I hope you will watch it again sometime today. That iconic scene. You get it right on YouTube. Linus comes center stage and he quotes uh, Luke chapter 2. We had it at the midnight mass early this morning. And he, of course, is in res he's responding to Charlie Brown's wondering if anyone knows what Christmas is all about. And he echoes the words of the sh that the angels echoed to sh the shepherds, the same words they said to St. Joseph and to the Blessed Mother. Do not be afraid. And as he's saying these words, he drops his security blanket. This blanket that so many over the course of this little cartoon's life had tried to rip away from Linus, he simply drops at the words, do not be afraid. This is Linus's mic drop moment. You know what that, that uh, security blank would later be used for? To prop up that sorry looking tree. Linus would take that, that security blanket, his disordered love for things of his of uh, things of this world. He would take that security blanket, his uh, attachment to uh, fear and anxiety, and he would wrap it around that little sorry tree and prop it up. My friends, the Lord invites us here right now in this Holy Mass to do the same, to take all of our anxieties and fears and to wrap it around the foot of the tree the tree, the cross. He, bring, he desires us to bring all, of, all that troubles us and place it right here at the foot of this altar so that he can give us true and everlasting peace. 
My friends, one of my greatest fears, I think it's a common fear, is that I would actually have to talk in public. I would have to preach every single day. And when I was newly ordained, I got a, one of those dreaded calls from the diocese. They wanted me to give a theology on tap talk. This is a talk in the bars, right, to hundreds of young adults. And I, I uh, well, I did reluctantly say yes. And I spoke about something I feel like I'm an ex expert on, that is fear. And I was getting through to the almost the end, and I was going through the Q&A section, uh, the part that I was dreading the most, because you can't prepare, really. And um, I was getting to the very last question, and a young adult asked me this question. Father, you've talked a lot about fear. What do you think our greatest fear? What do you think the millennials' greatest fear is, Father? This was one of those questions I had really no answer to, so I just uh, paused for a, a moment and said a quick prayer, and out of my mouth came a truly grace moment. This wasn't for me. It's not something I'd ever thought of before, but I think this answer that I gave is the answer uh, for most of us in our fear. I think our greatest fear is to be ourselves. We are so afraid to be who God created us to be. We are always, oftentimes, I should say, going through life trying to be some false version of who we are. We try to be perhaps somebody else. Oh, I wish I was like that person. So we try to be that person. All the while, God created us unique and unrepeatable. He desires us to be ourselves because he delights in us. My friends, if we better understood what it means to be made in the image of God, if we better understood that he does delight in us, I think many of the world's problems, many of our own problems, would simply evaporate. To be made in the image, of like, image and likeness of God is, uh, well, just an extraordinary, extraordinary grace. You know, I've been afraid most of my life mainly because I was afraid to be a saint. You know, sanctity, this uh, life of the Christian uh, path to heaven is hard, but we know it's always accompanied with much grace. This journey is a beautiful, beautiful road. And you know, the other day on uh, yesterday morning, seems so long ago, uh, we had the story in the morning mass uh, from Zechariah and the birth of John the Baptist. You recall that nine months before the birth of John the Baptist, just over nine months before then, Zechariah became mute. He could not speak because he had doubt in his heart that the Lord could do a particular thing. And then during this nine months, more than nine months, sort of uh, sabbatical, if you will, during this nine-month journey where he was kind of on a little bit of a retreat, right? In this time where he uh, was able to reconcile with the Lord and make, make good with him, he had this great conversion. And then when, he, when his lips were freed because he did what the Lord had asked of him, his first words were words of praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and set them free. My friends, we are set free. 
And while our nine month, nine, more than nine month journey through this pandemic is perhaps not yet over, we pause here so beautifully in this Christmas mass and we give praise. No little inv invisible virus, no sort of government shutdown is going to allow us or to prevent us from giving praise forever. We will sing the goodness of the Lord. My friends, we must share this good news. We must take our nasty feet. We must take our nasty feet and go out to another and spread this good news, announcing uh, with our feet out there in the darkened world. There is much good that we can speak of. And so on behalf of Father Kleiman, our wonderful pastor, on behalf of our very hardworking, dedicated staff here at St. Veronica's and in my own name, I wish you a very blessed Christmas. Be safe, of course, but focus on an, a filled heart, a heart that is filled, please God, with joy and peace, a heart that is overflowing with love and hope, one that is centered in faith on Christ. And may God be praised. Amen.